Hi, I'm Kenzie. And I'm Emily. And this is The Claw Crypt. Crack open a cold one with us. While we discuss everything true crime, mysteries, conspiracies, and much more. Okay, I'm gonna get comfy. Okay, I don't know how I thought of this case. It just popped into my head one day, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I've already heard of this case. I'm sure everyone else has already heard of this case. And I just, uh, excuse me, felt <laughs> the need to do it. And then as I was looking into it, I learned more stuff about the case. So I'm, I really want to know what it is. I'm hoping that when we talk about this case and other people listening and you will learn other things about the case that you didn't already know because I thought I was a know-it-all in the case and I wasn't. <laughs> is this a case that I know of? It probably is. There's no way you haven't heard of this person's name. Hmm. Okay. I, know, I know it's not Dahmer. If you're having a bad day, you may want to listen to this one tomorrow. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. What if I'm having a bad day? Well, this case pisses a lot <laughs> of people off and for a good reason. More than likely, if you are into true crime, you have heard of Casey Anthony. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh no! Okay. Uh, okay. I don't. I hate her. There's so <laughs> much more that goes into this than I thought there was, and I, uh, it's bad. <laughs> like it gets bad. Oh no! I'm so nervous. I haven't like actually looked into this case really, but I know I have heard of her. Okay. Oh, so. Man. I'm going to say this at the end of part two. Um, also, part two, two. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say this. Part two as well. Yes. There. I'm going to say this at the end of part two as well, because I am genuinely curious that if someone has a different opinion on this case, I don't want to ruin it for part two, but like, if you know, you know, I want to hear about it because I want to see the other side because there's so many people who are like a completely different opinion than I'm guessing me and you both share. Did she do it? Did she not do it? Type of a thing. And I want to know how the other people see it because I don't know how they fucking see it. <laughs> I don't. I'm nervous. Okay, a quick note. I have a lot of quotes throughout part one and two. And all the quotes I got from, well, all the quotes I got came from a documentary called Casey Anthony, an American Murder Mystery. Ooh. Yeah. Just because it had all the important people talking. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to take some of their quotes to make our episodes sound cooler. Mm. <laughs> Yay. We're cool. You can watch it on Discovery Plus, which my mom asked me if I had Discovery Plus, and I was like, no. And she's like, well, you need it. It's like the documentary capital of the freaking Metroverse or whatever the internet's <laughs> called these days. And I was like, no, the it's cloud. not. Yeah. And I went on Discovery Plus because she gave me my information. So yeah, I'm I have it too. I keep using it. But like, oh my God, the documentary's on there. Within five minutes of logging in, I had like a 20. Um, list show of- long list yeah yeah that's where i found the one episode about shelly oh the only episode i could find that anybody's ever done okay so casey was born on march 19th 1986 in warren or warren or <laughs> <laughs> dyslexia <laughs> no it's really hard to say warren ohio <laughs> there we go i wanted to say warner bros <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know. (laughs) Her parents were Cindy and George Anthony. George worked as as a law enforcement officer, but by the time we're, like, talking about this, he's retired. 
Oh, okay. And he was retired when all of this happened. Cindy was a nurse. They had two kids together. One of them was Casey, and the other one was Lee Anthony. They had a really classic all-American family. She had a, like, good, happy upbringing. Nothing crazy happened. Just very classic So one day she just family. fucking clicks, and she's just like, hmm, I'm a killer now. Oh, I was trying really hard to figure out when they moved from Ohio to Orlando, Florida, and I ended up finding their address. <laughs> and I typed it into Zillow, and I found out that the house that they moved into was sold October 4th, 1998. So when Casey was three years old, they moved to Orlando. I had to go, like, full-blown stalker mode to find that out. But I was determined. <laughs> I was like, I need to know when they moved. One way or another, <laughs> I'm gonna get the information. <laughs> I did. Well, it really wasn't that hard. It just took a lot of brains. Okay, Casey supposedly had a GPA of 4.0, and... Bishop Moore Catholic High School. She's a pathological pathological liar and probably lied at least 10 times a day. And we'll get into more of that as we go through this case. But take everything that uh, she says with a grain of salt, because more than likely it's not true. Typical. Yep. She told her parents she was going to graduate early and stopped going to school, but told them she would still walk with her class at the end of the year. Casey's parents went to graduation only to find out she was many, many credits behind graduating. Wasn't even close to graduating. Her mom later said she did end up graduating high school, but there's no record of her getting her diploma. Other places say she got her GED at age 20, but I don't know. She's a liar, so she might not have any at all. Probably not. Casey became pregnant at 19, but she refused to admit it. When her family uh, noticed weight gain... <laughs> you can't just be like, yeah, nope, I'm not pregnant. It doesn't work like that. Her family noticed weight gain, and she was not using her menstrual products. She lived at home, and her parents provided for her, so they knew things weren't being used. <sighs> Casey was eventually forced to admit that she was pregnant at six months. Uh, it took her that long? Yep. When Cindy asked who the father was, she said it was her fiancé, Jesse Grund. Um, were they actually engaged, or is this another lie? No, they were engaged, but it was kind of like a, oh, I love you, oh, I love you too, we've only been together for three months, but will you marry me, type of a young love thing. Okay. Then she changed her answer like five times eventually, saying the father was an ex of hers that died in the car crash. Oh, okay. Yep. Casey was worried her mom would be mad, but in an interview, in the documentary I talked about earlier, Cindy said, quote, I just hugged her and told her, you know... I'm going to be a grandma. That's awesome. You're going to make a wonderful mom. I feel like she did not make a wonderful mom. She did not at all. Casey wanted to give the baby up for adoption, but her mom said... Should have. Yeah, she should have. <laughs> but her mom said they would help her take care of the baby and her in any way they needed. On August 9th, 2005, Casey gave birth to Kaylee Anthony. They both lived with Cindy and George. Jesse was kind of like a dad to Kaylee, but he also knew that Kaylee probably wasn't his. And he was still young and dumb, so he kind of was in and out of her life for a year and then just kind of, like, dropped her. He's like, hey, bye. They Probably for a, the best. They did eventually do a DNA test, and Jesse was not the father. <laughs> I feel like, uh, what's that guy? You, Jesse, are not the father. That TV show yeah. or whatever, yeah. Oh my god, I love that show. As I'm editing this, I realized we were thinking of the Murray show. So, in case anyone was wondering, it was the Murray show. <laughs> 
Kaylee's father is still unknown to the public, but I'm assuming her family probably knows by now, just because of everything with, like, the court and all that. Oh, yeah. On June 13th, 2008, Casey and her mom got into an argument. Casey was 22 at the time, and she left with two-and-a-half-year-old Kaylee. Okay. This is kind of where... Shit goes south. Yeah, it starts to, which is... um, Concerning, because we're only on page two of two parts. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. So, things get a little suspicious after Casey leaves. Cindy would call Casey and ask about Kaylee and be like a grandma, like, oh, can I talk on the phone with her? Yeah. And Casey would always be like, oh, she's with the nanny who was, it was Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. That's a fucking mouthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She went by Zanny the Nanny. Zanny the Nanny. Yes. <laughs> she comes up a few times. I love it. On July 13th, so one month after she left, her parents got a letter saying Casey's car, which was in their name, was in a tow yard. It had run out of gas near a bank and was abandoned and towed. Oh. Yep. Her parents were like, that's odd, and they went to check it out. Her father noticed the car seat's toys and clothes of Kaylee's were still in the car, along with Casey's purse. And there was Interesting. A, yeah. And there was a bad, rotting odor coming from the trunk. Ooh, that's never good. So her parents were extremely worried, and they tracked down Casey. They found her at her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro's house. Cindy forced Casey to come home. On the way home, Cindy made a call to 911. There are a total of three calls that I'll be playing. They are pretty long. Um, so I edited out things like the long pauses, the addresses, the phone numbers, stuff like that. Yeah. And police station hours I talk about. Just all the boring stuff and privacy stuff I edited out. Hello. Hi, I'm... I drove to a police department here on Persian, but you guys are closed. I need to bring someone into the police department. Can you tell me where I can, the closest one I can come into? What What are you trying to accomplish by bringing them to the station? I have a 22-year-old person that has um, grand theft sitting in my auto with me. So the 22-year-old person stole something? Yes. Is this a relative? Yes. Where did they steal it from? Um... My car and also money. Okay, is this your son? Daughter. Okay, so your daughter stole money from your car? No, my car was stolen. We've retrieved it today. We found out where it was at. We've retrieved it. I've got that. And I've got affidavit for my banking account. I want to bring her in. I want to press charges. Where where did all of this happen? Oh, it's, it's... no, no, but I need to establish a jurisdiction is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I live in, um, in Orlando. Yeah, but what address did these thefts occur at? Um, well, I guess my residence, I guess. That's actually going to be in the jurisdiction of the sheriff's office, ma'am, not okay. the Orlando Police Department. Alrighty. Let, let me transfer you over to the communications section for a No. Well, it seems like they didn't almost didn't want to do anything. Well, she was calling to try to find a police station that she could turn Casey into because she was trying to have her arrested for Grand Theft Auto Mm. and stealing money. Even though she had permission to take the car, I think Cindy was just really upset with her. But after this call, Cindy kept asking where Kaylee was and Casey would not tell her. Weird. Mm -hmm. 
Then they got back to their home and she made this call, which is two and a half minutes. Okay, what's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. There they are now. A possible missing child. Of a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yeah. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I already spoke with someone. They said they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department and have a deputy here. I was in the car. I was going to drive her to the police station. And no one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. So she stole your vehicle? Yes. When did she do that? Um, on the 30th, I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you have someone come out to my house? Okay. Okay, i got to ask you these questions so I can put them in the, in the call, okay? Okay. 30th of June? Yes. Okay, how old is your daughter? 22. Okay, what's her name? My name? Her name. Her name, Casey Anthony. C-A-S-E-Y. And your name? Cynthia Anthony. Cynthia, can I get a phone number that I can reach you at? And you said you have this vehicle back? Yes. And I have the um, statement. Casey's there right now? Yes, I got it. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Okay, how tall is Casey? Um, five foot one and a half. Thin, medium, or heavy build? Thin. Color hair? Brown. What color uh, shirt is she wearing? White. What color pants? Oh, they're shorts. They're um, plaid. They're like pink and teal and white and black plaid. Does she have any weapons on her? No. Is Casey not telling you where her daughter is? Correct. Okay, so that call was basically Cindy trying to get police to the house because all the stations were closed in her area. She didn't have anywhere to bring Casey. Okay. After this, Cindy is still asking questions about Kaylee, and she finds out Kaylee has been missing for 31 days. What? Casey said she dropped Kaylee off with Zanny the nanny. And then Zanny kidnapped her. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. While the officers were on the way to her home, Cindy made a third 911 call. This one's four minutes and ten seconds long. So it's a little bit longer, but we'll play it. I found my 
was on his car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, eight, eight, nine, 2000, oh God, she's three, she's 2005. So it's Katie's missing. Katie's missing. Katie's missing. a month ago. She's missing for a month. Okay, I just can, I need, I, I understand, can you just, can you calm down for me for just a minute and just, I need to know what's going on, okay? I'm going to try and tell you. Is your, is your daughter there? Is your daughter there? Yeah. Can I speak with her? Do you mind if I speak with her? Thank you. I was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm going to break down all the calls just because it was easier for me to comprehend it when I wrote down everything that happened in the calls. Okay, just before call one, she finds the car and Casey. She's trying to drop her off at a police station for Grand Theft Auto and just stealing money in general. Mm -hmm. Then we have call two where she is talking with the police to try to get someone to the home because... All the police stations were closed, so she's like, okay, you guys just come here and arrest her. Yeah, makes sense. 
Then we have call three, where Cindy is freaking out because she just found out her granddaughter has been missing for 31 days, and Casey talked extremely calm for a mother whose kid has been missing. I tried to find her myself through other resources. No, you should have just mm-hmm. called the fucking police. And then the call mm-hmm. ends with officers arriving, but yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I would have been way more panicked if my daughter's been missing for 31 fucking days. I would have been panicking the first day she went missing. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's exactly what we're going to talk about next, kind of. Uh, What did Casey do for 31 days? That's what I want to know. Okay. What resources was she going through? So Casey had a two and a half year old daughter that went missing. I'm assuming if I had a missing kid, I would be freaking out, calling 911, making flyers, talking to the news, helping police in any way possible, you know, doing all of it. Yes. Like, you know, I have my own little, like, team of people that were helping me do this like my mom and my dad and like all the family and friends and yeah like, i would have told know? my fucking mom about it too not oh yeah she's just been missing for you know a whole last month exactly they had press conferences the whole shebang like done it all exactly don't fuck with my kid that's what i'd be thinking let's talk about how casey handled it casey said she was working a lot at universal orlando straight up lie and we'll get into that later in part two even if she was i'd been like look yo i need to take some time off because my fucking daughter's missing yeah uh just kidding it's not part two i think i talked about it at the end of part one she got a bella vina tattoo it's a super ugly tattoo. I actually have a picture of it. I have a whole slideshow of photos that I was going to show you during this. It's super ugly, but it's Italian for beautiful life is what Bella Vita means. Which, why would you get a beautiful life tattoo a couple days after your daughter goes missing? But Weird, but mm. okay. That's not even pretty. Bobby Williams said Casey came into his tattoo shop on July 2nd, only 16 days after she said Kaylee was kidnapped. Bro. Yep. <laughs> What? what the fuck? She said that Zanny kept in contact with her and that Zanny took Kaylee to the beach, Disneyland, and all sorts of fun stuff like the mall. Her boyfriend testified and said that Casey would leave the room when talking to Kaylee on the phone, supposedly, and that he never actually heard Kaylee. So probably just a big fat fucking lie. Uh-huh. There is security camera footage of Casey going to the store. I think it was Target. They didn't say Target, but it looked like Target. And she was buying groceries and a lot of beer. There was okay. nothing in the cart for a kid. And she paid for this Target trip with um, a stolen checkbook that she stole from her friend. <laughs> oh? Mm-hmm. This lady's, like, gone off the rails at this point. Yeah, no shit! She was seen partying, drinking, smoking weed, and doing a hot body contest, which I also have a photo of. Going to the movies and going on shopping sprees. This does not sound like a worried mother in my opinion. I was just going to say, wow, sounds like a great way to be looking for your fucking kid. She's not even that good looking. Did she win? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, Necronomicon, they think she's just the hottest person ever. Like, they talk about wanting to do things with her all the time. And I'm like, she's not ugly, but, like, she's Casey Anthony. I think that's just typical men. I love Necronomapod, but typical men. She's Mm -hmm. not hot. (laughs) No, she's not. Especially if you look at pictures of her in court and stuff, she's 
ugly. The only reason she looks hot in the hot body contest is because she was like wearing very minimal clothing that accentuated the boobies. Yep. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll get the guys going. Mm -hmm. um, the hot body contest was at a nightclub, which will come up later, too. Casey went with her boyfriend on June 20th, four days after Kaylee was kidnapped. She did this hot body contest. Four days. Really? Mm-hmm. Again, great way to be looking for your fucking kid. Yep. What the fuck? I don't know. She also went on many dates with her lover. Are these supposed to be her resources? <laughs> no, this is just what there's, like, photo evidence of her doing in these 31 days. Yeah, a lot of times when she went to the nightclub, she helped the shot girls, which are those girls that dress up all pretty and they try to get you to buy shots. Yeah. The workers said she would walk around with them and make sure they were safe, and she would also help sell shots. Oh? Yeah. Sometime during all this, she moved in with her boyfriend of one month, the Tony Lanzaro, or Lazaro guy yeah. we talked about. Her boyfriend lived with roommates, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, too. She wanted the guys to like her. Uh, she would do laundry, cook, buy them beer, and seem like a fun 22-year-old. That Which has a missing kid. I'm 22 now, and like, no. I'm sorry. I live with my boyfriend and roommates, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what they think. I don't care what anybody thinks, honestly, God. Like, In almost every photo that Casey was seen in in these 31 days, she looked crazy happy. Like, smiling, dancing, living up the 22-year-old life. That poor fucking kid. That's all I gotta say, is like, that poor child. Yep. Now we're going to talk about the missing child investigation. Clearly, after those 911 calls from earlier, Kaylee is missing. The police called the on-call missing persons detective, who was Corporal Yuri Milich. The first person Yuri wanted to talk to was Casey. After all, she is the mom. Makes sense. Yeah. Logical. Casey said she dropped Kaylee off with the babysitter a month ago. Anyone who knows anything about true crime knows the for first 48 hours are crucial, especially when it involves a child. most important. There's even a show called The First 48 Hours. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> but she's already been missing for 31 days, so they are well past the 48-hour mark. She could be anywhere at this point. Mm-hmm. So, Casey, according to her story about what happened on June 16th, uh, she said she was an event planner for Universal at Orlando Studio. Kaylee was dropped off with Zanny the nanny before she went to work that morning. Casey said she went to Zanny's apartment to pick up Kaylee after work, but there was no one at the apartment. After she said she tried calling Zanny's phone, but the number was no longer available. It did the whole, this number you've dialed is incorrect, please check the number and dial again type of a thing. Yeah. Casey then waited outside, hoping that Zanny and Kaylee would be there soon. After waiting a while, she went to places Zanny usually took Kaylee, like the mall in the park. The one time she tried to find her. Yep. Then she said she was embarrassed because she knew her parents would question her about where Kaylee was, so instead of going home, she went to her boyfriend's house. When asked, Casey said she did not want to call the police because she was afraid Zanny would hurt Kaylee. <clears throat> Why would you leave your kid with someone you even slightly think could hurt them? Yeah, no kidding. Why is she even your fucking nanny at that point? Yep. At this point, police were asking questions about Zanny. 
Casey said she was half black, half Puerto Rican, and 25 years old. She told the Wait, pi- but in the call, she says she's white. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Zanny had been her babysitter for years, which she did say in the call. Casey said she had told two of her co-workers at Universal about the kidnapping. After talking at Casey's home, the Anthony house, uh, that's like, this is all still in the first little bit when the cops get there and the investigator gets there and they're, yeah. they're still at the house. Yuri told Casey to take him to Zanny's apartment. And Casey was like, heck yeah, I can do that. So they drove to an apartment building and Casey points to an apartment and she says that's where Zanny lives. Yuri knocked on the door. Nobody answered. He looked through the windows and saw nothing. No furniture or anything that said someone lived there. The apartment was completely vacant. What? There was nothing in it. With nothing to go on, police use news and media to get some tips. Right now, all people know is a beautiful young mom dropped her kid off with a nanny and that she was kidnapped. So this definitely grabbed people's attention, especially if you think of, like, how many parents drop their kids off with nannies every day or babysitters every day. So people are like, oh my god, what if my babysitter did this? So, like, everyone was paying attention to this case. Alrighty. At least local people at this point. Yeah. The next day, Detective Yuri goes to the apartment manager and asked about the apartment Casey had pointed at. The apartment manager said no one lived there for months, and the manager never even heard of Zenaida. That's kind of suspicious. Yep. Huh. Now my gears are turning. Your gears are going to be turning this whole damn thing. Oh, they're already going. Clearly, investigators now questioning Casey's story. They wanted to check her alibi. She said she dropped Kaylee off, and then she went to work. The next step was to go to Universal. Mm-hmm. Detective Yuri goes there first and talks with the supervisor. And guess what he finds out? Miss Casey Anthony had not worked there in more than two years. She was what? fired in April of 2006. That's quite a long time. So how did she tell people about the missing kid then? Or is mm-hmm. that just what she said? And neither of the two co-workers she talked about were real either. Huh. What? Investigators were very confused, obviously. Why would a mom be lying left and right when her kid was missing? So they used their big brains and they made a plan. They picked up Casey from her home and took her to Universal. She walked into the employee entrance. Hmm. This part gets fun. Once through the door, there is a security guard that checks your information to mark Make sure you actually are an employee. Yeah, makes sense. Security guard told her there was no Casey Anthony that worked there. Casey was like, oh, no, I work here. Talk to my supervisor. And she gave her supervisor's name and extension to reach him. Supervisor did not exist either. The supervisor that Yuri had talked to before came out and let Casey into the building. Weird. Now, the supervisor only let her in because Yuri told him, like, hey, just let us in. You know, even if she doesn't work here. Okay, so he's on the cop's orders to do this. Yes. Okay. So Casey is now in the building, and she is smiling and waving at people, asking them how work was. Everyone was looking at her like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, no one knew who she was. She was supposed to bring the detectives to her office, but she turned down a hallway that ended up being a dead end. That's when she looked at Yuri and told him she really doesn't work there. And of course, the detectives were like, yeah, we No we know. shit, we knew this. We were just trying to see how far you'd take it. Yeah, like, you look dumb as hell right now, Casey. <laughs> Investigators caught her in multiple lies, so they brought her in for questioning, hoping she would finally tell the truth. I doubt it. Basically, Yuri said, if you tell us the truth, we can help you find Kaylee, but if you keep lying about everything, it will be really hard for us to find her. Casey pretty much just said, I'm not lying, and continued 
sure. telling her story over and sure, over. Sure, you're not fucking lying. I have an actual transcript from the investigation that was used in the court case. So Casey says, this is the honest to God truth with everything that I've said. The last person I saw her with was Zenaida. Yuri said, it's not the truth. Okay, so you purposely misled us. Casey interrupts. I was scared. I saw my mom's reaction right off the bat and I knew it would have been the same from the get-go. Yuri said, so wait a minute. So you're more afraid of your mom's reaction than you are if you ever get to see your daughter again. Casey, no, I'm absolutely petrified. Absolutely petrified. I know my mom will never forgive me. I'm never going to forgive myself because there's that chance I might not get to see Kaylee again. And I don't even want to think about that. Mm. There was, I don't think she cares at all. No, there was no panic or anything in her voice. If anything, she sounded really defensive when talking. I mean, think about the fucking phone call. Mm-hmm. She hops on the phone. She's like, hey, yeah, my kid's been missing. Big deal. Yeah, for 31 days. <laughs> I tried to find her on my own, but just no luck. Back to the investigation. So they talked to her for a while, and they got sick of her lies and arrested her for child neglect. It was the only thing they could do, because they had no proof. At least they got her for something at yeah, this point. They couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Police did think for a while that Casey was not telling the truth because she didn't want Cindy to know where Kaylee was, especially if they had gotten into an argument before Casey left. I mean, I could see that theory, but... Like, just being super petty about the whole thing? Yeah. They even asked her during the interrogation if this was the truth, and she denied it. Once hmm. Cindy found out that her daughter was arrested, she said in an interview, quote, When they took her, I was heartbroken and scared to death, but you think you can get more answers out of her? Then do it. She was like, I don't want you to arrest my kid, but if you think she's got something to hide. She was just calling not too long before this to get her arrested for Grand Theft Auto. And now she's just like, don't arrest her. Cindy becomes a really interesting character. As of right now, in the case, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old Kaylee who is missing, a grandmother who is worried sick, and a mom who lies. I was—I feel like Casey knows where she is. Mm-hmm. She has to. And I wonder if Kaylee's the rotting body smell, or the disgusting smell that was in that car. Possibly. That's my theory we right now. We get really forensic-y with the car in part Ooh. two, so if you're into forensics, I definitely forensics. listen to that one. They hoped by arresting her, it would scare her, and she'd be like, oh shit, this is real, and then come clean, like, oh yeah, this person has Kaylee, I just didn't want my mom to know, but Here's she never... what actually happened. Yeah, and- she never did. Once booked into jail, she called her mom, and I have a little conversation from that too, because obviously all phone calls and stuff from jail are recorded. Yeah. Casey said, I got arrested on a whim. They're trying to blame me for stuff that I would never do. They're going to pin this on me. Cindy says, Casey. Casey says, Mom. Cindy says, what? Casey says, no. <laughs> uh... Hang on. Cindy, I don't know what your involvement is, sweetheart. You're not telling me where she's at, Casey, because I don't fucking know where she's at. Are you kidding me? Cindy, whose fault is it you're sitting in jail? Are you blaming me that you're sitting in jail? Casey, it's not my fault. Cindy, or what do you mean it's not your fault, sweetheart? She keeps calling her sweetheart. I'm like, this. she's not a sweetheart. No, she's a fucking bitch. Yes. Then Casey asked for Tony, her boyfriend's phone number, and her mom wanted to talk about Kaylee, and she just wanted to get out of jail. She was like, I know Tony's going to bail me out. You're going to sit here asking questions about Kaylee, trying to get me in trouble, so get me on the phone with Tony. I need to get out of here. And that same phone call, Cindy gave the phone to a family friend, 
The friend said, how come everyone is saying you're not upset? You're not crying, that you show no caring of where Kaylee is at all. Casey, because I'm not sitting here fucking crying every two seconds because I have to stay composed to talk to the detectives. I can't sit here and be crying every two seconds like I want to. I can't. Then again, she asked for Tony's phone number. So the police were like, we need to talk to Tony because she wants to talk to Tony and we need to talk to Tony first. Hmm. But yeah. I mean, like, I could understand the, I have to keep my composure to talk to the detectives, but like everything else, she's not in the least bit interested at all about where her daughter is. My thought would be, like, detectives probably deal with ugly, hysterical fucking breakdowns all the time. Yeah, like, sobbing to the point you can't talk, we're doing that whole thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're expecting that. And even if you're trying to keep your composure while your child's missing, I'm sure you're still going to have those moments where, like, you're going to break. Exactly. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Police went to his apartment, where he and a few friends lived. Tony looked shocked. Oh? They met Kaylee many times. Everyone that lived there would play with Kaylee whenever Casey visited with Kaylee. Casey, Kaylee, Cindy. It's getting really hard. Yeah. Oh, what was shocking to investigators was they had proof that Casey not only lived there, but she was seen hanging out with her boyfriend almost every single day. But this was the first time Tony and the roommates had heard that Kaylee was missing. So what does her roommate, or not her roommate, her boyfriend, think that happened to the kid this entire time? That she was just with her nanny? He was told that she was with the nanny or with the grandparents. Hmm. So he was like... Every day? Yeah, he was just shocked that, like... Kaylee was missing because he never heard anything of it. Casey wasn't acting any different and um, he just thought that she was off doing things with the nanny or the grandparents. Like, I mean, yeah, I could see where Tony's coming from. If, you know, you're dating this girl so you'd think you'd trust whatever the fuck she's saying for the most part. One of the roommates, Clint House, was interviewed for the documentary and he said, quote, I would say three weeks after they started dating, she brought Kaylee over for the first time. Kaylee was just the cutest two-year-old little girl that you could possibly imagine. The first time she came in, she came walking through the front door wearing some big sunglasses and she looked up at us and was like, what's up, dudes? Oh my god, my heart. just reminds me of my little sister Tesla because she just, she's so sassy and like diva-ish and she'd totally be the one to be like, what's up, dudes? Stop. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the car. The car that smelled like a dead body. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Talk about that. Yes. It was a 1998 Pontiac Sunfire, which I have no idea what that is, but I'm sure most people do. The car smelled horrible. It was so strong, they said that the whole two-car forensic garage it was in had smelled like rotting decomposition, but the trunk was still closed. So, like, hmm. the closed car stunk up the entire two-stall car garage. That's different. Yep. The next step was to bring a cadaver dog in, and the dog immediately alerted on the trunk. The trunk was vacuumed, and it looked like someone had really tried to clean it. It's a trunk, so I don't think many people scrub their trunks. No. And uh, detectives definitely found this odd. I've never scrubbed my trunk before. I know that much. I haven't even vacuumed my trunk before. No. (laughs) I've never once cleaned a trunk that deeply. They saw a red stain that they thought was the size and shape of a young child. No! They cut a piece of the stained trunk lining and sent it to the lab for testing. They also found some brown hair, too. Kaylee's hair was brown. 
This is when detectives realize they may no longer be looking for a missing person, but this would become a homicide case. So they talk to George and Cindy about the car because Cindy's first 911 call, she was talking about the car being stolen, and Cindy said when she first got the car from the toll yard, it, it was stunk. Yeah, stank bad. That's what she originally said. But she changed her story. She uh. said there was a bag of trash in the trunk that she had thrown out. She claimed in the trash bag was a maggot-covered pizza. <gasps> Ew. And that was the smell. That's not going to stink up a two-car garage and a trunk. Especially if the bag was already thrown out before it got to the forensics yeah. garage. I mean, bad food stinks, but not that bad. Yep. But that's the smell she meant to describe, or she thought she was describing, to the 911 call operator. Basically, she said she was over-exaggerating on the phone when she said it because she wanted to get the cops there sooner. So was this what? the truth, or was she trying to cover for Casey, who is clearly involved in this at this point? Like, I honestly think she's just trying to cover for Casey because it's her mm -hmm. daughter and she wants to protect her daughter and doesn't want to believe it. I mean, going through something like that, imagine your daughter doing something like that. How do you process something like that? Because, like, your yeah. goal is to protect your children. Mm -hmm. How the fuck do you process something like that? I am having a hard time processing it, and that's not well, even my kid. And I talk about it a little bit later on, but at this point, when the investigators say this to her, I'm assuming... She's thinking, worst case scenario, my granddaughter's dead. Okay, the only other ha kid I have is my son and Casey. So now she goes into mommy instincts and she's like, I need to protect my daughter. Yeah. Because er, Kaylee lived there, so Cindy was really involved in raising her. It wasn't like a normal grandma. Aww. She was also a nurse who sometimes worked in the morgue. She said she knew what dead humans smelled like, but she mistook it for a maggot pizza. Which I don't believe. I don't believe that either. No. George was, like, in the room with the investigators and Cindy while they were talking about this, and George asked to talk to the investigators alone. Um, he was an ex-cop, remember? Mm-hmm. He said, quote, I need to set the record straight where this is leading. I don't want to think about it. I had bad vibes the very first day when I got that car. I don't want to believe that I have raised someone who could do something to another person. I don't want to believe that. I think he was like his thought was, I'm an ex-cop. My job was to take bad people off of the streets to make the town or whatever safer for my family how the hell could i raise someone who could do this when i spent so long trying to protect them from these people mm -hmm. so, like he was very torn too that's so sad i wasn't sure where this fit in best but there's a little conversation i wanted to share from one of the times cindy and george went to visit casey it starts with george saying like hey how are you doing in there casey basically responds i look like hell and then George wishes he could hug her and take the pain away. Cindy takes the phone and tells Casey that they're not doing well either and that someone said Kaylee is dead this morning. Casey's response was surprise, surprise. Like sarcastically? Yeah. Uh, what? They There was no body found at this point. It was most likely some dumbass trying to play a trick on them like, haha, Kaylee's dead type of a thing. But either way, Casey, she just went surprise, surprise. Okay, lady. That is not a reaction you should have to your child, like, being told that your child's fucking dead. <laughs> okay, I summarized the last little bit because the conversation got really long, but the next part is, like, word for word. Cindy said, 
we need to have something to go on. Casey, mom, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. I have been here for a month today. Do you understand how I feel? I'm not in control over any of this. You don't understand. Everybody wants me to have answers. Then she puts her hands in fists and shakes them like a toddler having a temper tantrum. And she goes, come on. And she's like crying. It's funny. Cindy, Casey, hold on, sweetheart. Settle down, baby. Casey, no one's letting me speak. I don't know what's going on. My entire life has been taken from me. Everything has been taken from me. Cindy, it doesn't make sense. Casey, mom, because this is recorded and I don't know who's going to see things and who's going to misconstrued whatever else, there are things I directly need to say to each of you. Cindy, I have a question for you. Casey, after she's done blowing her little fit, says go ahead. Cindy, what is your gut telling you right now? Casey, that she is okay. That she is not far. And I know in my heart, she is not far. I can feel it. I think this was a minor slip up and we'll get into that on part two because uh, Kaylee was not far. Oh, my, we haven't even gotten into like, if a body is discovered and we're only on part one. <laughs> so this is like, it hurts my soul. Like she fucked up in every way possible. And she's playing the fucking victim card to her mom in that conversation. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, poor fucking me. I don't get this. This is so sad. Whatever. And it's like, oh, now you're showing a reaction? Yeah. She After this entire fucking time? She didn't want to talk about Kaylee at all. She's like, I've been here for a month today. Nobody understands what I'm going through and blah, blah, blah. Like, lady, shut up. It'd be one thing if, I mean, like, I understand those people that, like, block out trauma by just, like, shutting it off. You know, it's kind of something that people do. They just shut their emotions off. Yeah. And they act like everything's fine. It, that happens. But, like, it just, hers feels so off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a natural trauma response of the denial. Because that's part mm-hmm. of the grieving process is denial. Yeah. You know? And, oh, I don't know. And why didn't she call... 911 yes. right away. Exactly. Just Why didn't right she call away. the fucking police? I was finding my own resources. No, bitch. You just didn't give no, a shit or in- you did something. Even um, throughout all the court stuff and stuff like that, she never brings up what resources she was using. That's what I want to know. What fucking resources was she using? She did a hot body contest. She got a beautiful life tattoo. Yeah, real fucking great mm-hmm. resources, Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most that I knew about this case was something that it had something to do with her kid and that she was guilty of, like, said to be guilty for, like, murder. Mm-hmm. But I never actually, like, dug into it and figured out what the fuck everyone was talking about with it. But, like... I did a long time ago, and I, like, the, the case pissed me off so much that I just didn't want to think about it anymore. And then the other day it just popped into my head and then I couldn't stop typing. And I was like, well, okay, we're going to do a two-parter on Casey Anthony next because this is where my life is leading me. Like, I, I just, I couldn't stop. I typed over 22 pages in, like, the span of 24 hours, probably. Like, it, it just was never ending. I don't know what happened. I lost control. <laughs> it's, it's like shopping binge. on Amazon. <laughs> True crime therapy. Yep. <laughs> Fuck, though. I can't... Well, Casey Anthony is, uh, something. (laughs) Definitely fucking something. And, um... Yeah, in part two we'll talk about... The... Obviously, Kaylee's body is discovered. 
um, the court case. A lot of it is the court case. And then um, a lot of forensic-y stuff that went into it that I've never heard of before. So I learned something new it's from this. Definitely interesting. And I'm really excited for part two, though. <laughs> like, there's, I, there's so much I need to know. It doesn't end very... It doesn't end the way that people want it to. Great. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. Great. <sighs> I hate being mad at cases. I hate it. Makes me pissed off at the world. I like doing the cases that make people mad, if you can't tell. I know. <laughs> <sighs> it just bothers me. Okay, so this one will be about an hour-ish long, and then part two is going to be a longer one, because I didn't want to make it three parts. So I made one shorter episode and then one longer episode. So part two will probably be like an hour and a half-ish. And you're going to have to wait a couple days. Yep. But it'll be worth it, I promise. Well, I can't promise because I don't know what part two's about, but I have a feeling it's going to be worth it. Eh. <laughs> and um, also, apologies for no episodes for like a week. We had some technical difficulties with our <laughs> episodes that we recorded. Yeah, we thought it was our mic, so we ordered uh, a whole new recording system. Hopefully the audio sounds like immaculate though yeah it costed me a lot of money and uh turns out it wasn't our mics at all it was actually the, the software that we were using yep. <laughs> hey <laughs> it sucks though because it was working so decently the first like uh, while that we were using it and all of a sudden it's just like bam shit and um i feel well, in general, I feel like we'll just keep getting better and better with, like, our audio and shit like that yeah. once we keep figuring out tips and tricks. and We have a mixer now, which, if you don't know what that is, it's like a board with a bunch of buttons and knobs <gasps> on it, and I don't exactly know how to work it, so I'm going to continue messing with it for a few episodes and figure out what makes us sound the best. You know what I want to get? What? A sound effects board. You can play sound effects through this. <gasps> you can? It works. Okay, enough podcast talk. Yeah, okay, <laughs> no. so we will see you guys on the next one. If you have any uh, suggestions, stories of your own, or um, ideas, I guess, yeah. message us on our social medias, or you can email us at theclawcrypt at gmail.com. And make sure you like and follow our social medias. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you know when we get new episodes out. I see some of you listening, but you're not following. Do so, it. yeah, do it. This is peer pressure. Do it, do it, do it. Bet you won't. Pussy no balls. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>